The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a Bet the Underdog special. Betters will receive a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager on dogs greater than plus 300. That's a free $20 bet on top of your winnings. Download WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And don't forget to download the SGPN app for your chance to win $3,000 in the DJ dance. Yes, 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 yes. Woo-wee. Welcome. Welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast, college basketball experience style. I'm your host, really freaking real Terrell Furman Jr. That's not a pick. This is a pick. And I'm joined by my co-host, co-host, editor, producer, all this stuff. He does everything in the world. We're here. We got my man's, my main guy, Scott Reichel. Scott, what's up? Well, for the sake of this show and for the sake of the actual timing, since this is going to be my favorite day of the year, all-nighter specialist, Scott Rochelle here. Happy yes, to be here. all-nighter specialist. And I bet you're wondering why we are acting like this. It's because the wonderful schedulers, the amazing schedulers, the tremendous schedulers of the NBA gave us one game, one game for the start of March Madness. Thank you. I appreciate that. We can really focus on March Madness. I appreciate it. But they said we want you to focus so much on March Madness that we're going to give you Pistons at Magic, and that's going to be your game. That's going to be the one game, that one right there. And you're going <laughs> so, to love it. You're going to take it, and you're going to enjoy gonna, it. You're going to take it, and you're going to fucking love it. And so – what we're going to do for here is, of course, we're going to break down the game as we do every single game against the spread for the whole season. But we are also going to talk a little bit of a really real six-pack. That's refreshing. And break down some college basketball games for you over the course of the first two days. All right. Wait. Let me get this off my chest first. Because I truly think Russell Westbrook is doing this on purpose now. Like, I absolutely think he's doing this on purpose. Like, like there's – so I didn't think he was doing it on purpose at first. And then, you know, he kind of had a little boy of the season when he was doing actually pretty all right. And then he started – you know, it all happened, and then the booze and all that stuff started to run down. And now we're at the point where I really think he's just pissed off at L.A. And he's, like, purposely doing this at this point. He understands that they're really not that good. He's just like, all right, I'm not going to have any effect on the team. I might as well just be bad and give you what you want. Because this is absurd. It is literally absurd at this point. (laughs) So it's actually funny you mention that because yesterday or last night, of course, I was in Vegas. So I was hanging out with Sean and with Kramer. And they were talking to some other people. We kind of just all had a group conversation while Rutgers and Notre Dame were in the, I don't know, seventh overtime. Hell of a game, by the way. 
but yeah. it actually came up where Westbrook was a topic of conversation. And I said we're at the point where Westbrook's playing so bad that it feels like he's doing it on purpose. So you actually just said the same exact <laughs> thing that I said last night. And I'm glad we're on the it's same great. page. It's great. Yes, it's absolutely – it's just absurd. It is just so absurd right now. Like, it's really, really bad. That air ball was disgusting. And I don't even blame Cat. Like, Cat, the fact that Cat is clowning you, like, you're really – like, Cat is not even that type. Cat is really not even about that, like, no. for real. And so the fact that Cat is clowning you and then – Patrick Beverly literally just says, you fucking, like, you're trash. Well, let's you're be real, though. Trash. This is probably, of course, winning a championship probably takes the cake of sports achievements. This is probably Patrick Beverly's, like, greatest season of all time because his arch nemesis, Russell yep. Westbrook, is just straight up imploding. And Beverly's over there leading, leading Minnesota most likely to a playoff spot because yeah. I do think they'll win the plane. So, yeah, it's fucking great. This it's is great. Beverly's like magnum opus right now. He's having that time of his life. Yeah, it's fucking great. And it's hilarious. And I just... <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's go ahead because we're breaking down seven games. And I actually do want to get people out of here pretty quickly because this is not our typical show. And we got to get this out for some of these games. Uh, end up kicking off early afternoon so people can listen. So... Real quick, to get into the NBA slate, we have the Detroit Pistons traveling to play the Orlando Magic. The Magic are laying three. Line opened up at four. Magic are now laying three. Line also opened up at 217.5. It's ticked up to 219. Looking at the injury report here for the Detroit Pistons, we have uh, Jeremy Grant, who is not going to play this game during to due to right knee inflammation. So yeah, right knee one. inflammation, March Madness bracket setting, you know, whatever. Yeah, some same thing, same same, all yeah. all same thing. We have Kay Cunningham, who was questionable with an illness. Hamadou Diallo, who's still out with a finger injury. Frank Jackson, who is out with a back injury. Roddy Magruder. I can't believe I said that name. Roddy Magruder is questionable for this game with a hamstring. And if we go down to the Orlando Magic here on my trusty sheet, we have Wendell Carter, who is questionable with the left ankle sprain. Jalen Suggs is out with the ankle injury as well. And then we already know about that. We know about that. And uh, Chuma, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Okiki. He's he's questionable. Yeah, it it, it looked kind of easy, but I didn't want to get it wrong. Okiki. All right, so we got Okiki who's questionable with the left knee contusion. This is really fitting, so, right? Like today's and today's NBA, the injury reports are always going to be annoying to deal with. It's yep. the only game on the card, yep. and yet we really just don't even know how to handicap this game because we don't know who the hell is playing. All right, great, great it's, stuff, NBA. Good stuff. It's literally terrible because I have no idea. I literally have no idea how to handicap this game. It's not normally where I could say, all right, if this person plays, and then I'm taking them. This the thing is, I would them. normally lean to Detroit getting points because they've been good ATS since the All-Star break, but if Cade doesn't play and Grant's not playing, could I really take a gamble on Detroit? I don't think Cade's going to play, do you? I'm not even certain. I want to even bank on them if Cade plays. Cade has been up and down for most part of the season. and He's missing been, he's been a pretty guy. good lately, though. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he has. No, he, he really has, but... Hamadou Diallo was really, really big for them, and he's still out. And, and Grant's Jeremy also, of Grant, course. Grant's out as well. I don't know. If, 
I mean, Wendell, Wendell Carter's Carter, been one of the best players for Orlando this year, so you're kind of just stuck in the middle. But he's questionable. At least I have a. I think I have a chance of him playing. I know for a fact Diallo and Grant are out. Isn't Kate also questionable though? Yeah, no, no. But I'm saying I will. Oh, you're saying the others? Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm just not interested in Cade by himself. I'm really not. Okay. And I just don't think Cade is at that point for me where I'm willing to take him by himself. I'm gonna but, hit you with. The, I'm gonna hit you with the counterpoint though. Okay. Are you ready? To lay three with a team that is eight and twenty-five straight up at home, that gave up one fifty and sixty points to a part-time player last week. Yes, I am because you can't do. It's nowhere but up at this point. Okay, <laughs> it's literally fair. nowhere but up at this point. So I do actually feel comfortable. I'm going to take Orlando minus the three. Because if Wendell Carter does play, I think that that's just going to be something. I, Marvin Bagley is not going to be able to handle Wendell Carter and Mobama, even though Mobama kind of tends to be a little bit closer to the outside. Wendell Carter loves to, you know, play play game down low, and I think he will tire out my, Marvin Bagley, if not get him into a little bit of foul trouble. So I think Wendell Carter is definitely the dominant center in this game. It's just really, is Cole Anthony going to fuck us or not? Like, is is Cole Anthony going to go out there and go two for 10, three for 13, some, sh- some bullshit like that? Because when Cole is on, he's on, and I think he's a really, really good point guard, but it's just so many times where he'll just fuck off in games. And I'm really, it really pisses me off because he's the sole piece that would keep them in a lot of the close games that they'd be in. But ultimately, they still have friends, Wagner. They still have uh, – uh, what's my guy's Cole name? Anthony. No, not Cole Anthony, but they still have uh, nice pieces off the bench like Gary Harris and Terrence Ross that are still playing. And so I'm I'm going to – I think the Magic are a slightly deeper team. They got Terrence Ross the still there. Yeah, and I think they're a deeper team. If Mar- Wait, Markel's – yeah, no, Harris isn't. Is Harris playing? No, I was saying you got, you got play. Ross off the bench. Uh, and, yeah, and I think bench, Markel Fultz – I think Markel Fultz is playing possibly, but I'm not sure. You know, I'm still – Jerry's still out for me on him. I need him to just run a little bit more. But I think that ultimately the Magic have more guys that I, I can say can give me 15 to 20 points than I feel like the Detroit Pistons do. So, However, the Detroit Pistons do have two guys that I think can give me 30, so I'm very scared of that. Yeah, for me – I'm going to take a cop-out approach. If I'm not sure who exactly is going to play, but it seems like a couple of huge pieces for these teams might not play, and in some cases, Grant's already out. I'm just going to take the under because I've seen the three meetings this season. I like that. Last meeting ended up landing 222, but the Pistons only scored 103. And then the first two meetings landed 213 and 189. So I think 219 is too high. Especially if Katie gets ruled out, this line's going to plummet by about probably three points. I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I like no, I like that. I like that. So you're on under. I'm on Orlando. I'll I'll, I'll ride with Orlando. Here. I think I'd lean Orlando, but realistically, I'd much rather spend my money on a total in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely get that. I'm curious on why people why this line is actually going up. It seems like people should be probably betting under. So I'm confused why it opened up so high. I thought it was going to open up closer to, hell, 215. Maybe it's because how Detroit's been playing recently. Yeah, maybe. But, all right. Hey, guys. That's, that's our the, NBA that's slate. That's the show, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the, show. the show. All right, guys. We're up out of here. Let's go ahead and go. No, no, no. We're gonna. We're definitely going to give you some of these March Madness bets. And you know where you can go to place your March Madness bets? You can go to WinBet where they are now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and coming to soon Louisiana. 
the excitement of Win Las Vegas, the online sports betting, exclusive rewards on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. So now you can get the Bet the Underdog special. We talked about it earlier. Bet, get a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager on dogs greater than plus 300. I think I can name a few, actually. I, I can name a few. And that's a 25, so that's a free $25. Free $25 free bet on every winning $50 wager on a dog greater than plus 300. Patrons who wager at least $500 in the first and second round of the tournament will earn one entry into a drawing for a trip to win Las Vegas. Offer subject change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We also have DJ Dance and Merch Madness. SGPN is giving away $3,000 in Ultimate Match Martin. March Madness handicapping contest, the DJ Dance. Start March Madness with 10,000 credits. Use them to bet on your favorite bets throughout March Madness, and the most credits will win $2,500. Second most will win $500 exclusively in the SGPN app. And we're also giving away sweet hoodies every day of March Madness. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash March Madness to enter at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash March Madness. And guys, don't forget, you know, spring is here. Spring has sprung. Make sure you trim that winter bush down there. Like, get it really, really good, you know. You don't want it to go down there and come up coughing up hairballs and shit like that. Come in on In the middle now. of March Madness? You got to be better yes, than that. Yes, definitely in, in the middle of March Madness. This is that – that is un-American. Don't do that, guys. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So, let's go and come out here. Manscaped, code SGP, 20% off, and free shipping. And look, you will be smelling like blooming flowers. You can get the Lawnmower 4 in their Performance 4 package, the Weed Whacker for your ear and nose hairs to get those curly nose hairs out your ear, out your ear and out your nose. You got the Crop Preserver Body Odor and Crop Reviver Toner. We'll throw in some Boxer Breeze and a travel bag. We'll do that. Like, for free. We'll just throw that in. You can also get some cologne. Some really good cologne. Smell good upstairs. Smell good downstairs. Smell good everywhere. Be somebody that the ladies really attract to. You can really, really do it. Look, I wouldn't tell you guys if I wasn't on it. I'm, I'm serious. I've been on Manscaped for a while. I wouldn't tell you guys if I went on it. So, 20% off and free shipping. Code SGP, manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com. Code SGP. All right, let's get to the really real six-pack. I gave you a six-pack of games, and we're going to go ahead and talk about them and break them down. It'd be great if, you know, I actually pulled this stuff up when I said – I don't even think I have these in order. I'm a terrible college basketball experience host. Are these in order? No, I didn't put these in order. All right, no. Yes, I did. Ha! First game up, we have Marquette playing UNC. UNC is laying four, 152 and a half on the total – Aside from all first half unders, what are you doing here in this spot? So is it officially up to four up to this point? Because I know it was around three a couple days ago. It was three and a half yesterday. Is it officially at four now? So I see four here. Okay. I'm assuming me, you can uh, shop let around. Me, you can probably find Yeah, shop around. So it's, so it's, yeah, it's a, yeah, you'll definitely find some three and a halves. So 
For this one, if you didn't know this, which I don't know why you would because we don't talk much college on the show, I root for North Carolina. And I'm aware the team has not been very good for the last couple of years. Of course, they're still in the tournament. They beat Duke in Coach K's final home game, which is an all-time win for me. That was just hilarious. So I was happy about that. Is the team very good? Not really. Is Marquette very good? Not really. Now, Marquette, of course, plays a very different style to North Carolina. They rely more on, I'd say, intense guard pressure, shock a smart chaos, try to force turnovers, et cetera, and try to really, really force opposing guards into making a lot of mistakes. That's how they beat Illinois earlier this season. It's how they made the tournament. However, the issue I have in this game is the fact that I think Marquette is going to get absolutely dominated on the glass. Because if there's one thing North Carolina actually does really well, it's rebound the ball with Baycott and Manic and all those big men. Of course, it's not as many as in years past, but they still have a lot of size. I think that that's enough to generate enough second, uh, second possessions, getting Marquette's big men into foul trouble. I'm going to take North Carolina, and I think the reason why money keeps coming in on the Tar Heels is because they cannot overlook just how much of a size advantage North Carolina has in the interior. I'm going to take the Tar Heels. So, I understand that. I really do. And I, I, I know you're taking you. Marquette, so let's just, let's just do this. Let's, let's I, get it out I of do, the I do. No, because look, so I, ro- I root for UNC as well. Everybody that, you know, been around me at school knows that I went to the North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. When I got there, everybody was UNC or Duke fans, and I, you know, I was like, hey, I've already thought UNC was a great school, so I'll just do it to be able to get into the, the beef that happens mm-hmm. twice every year. So, before that, I'm all VA, baby. And so I got to ride with my guy Shaka Smart here. Look, Shaka was 3-0. 3-0 versus UNC at Texas. And they were lower seeds every single time. He might just have their number here. It feels like all the money, all the bets, everything is coming, on, coming in on UNC. They're a more veteran team. They have the more veteran guard play. Shaka has a lot of freshman guards that he is charting out in there. And I completely understand it. Completely, completely understand it. Everything points to UNC. It really does. And for that sole fact, literally that sole fact, I'm not North handicapping. North Carolina would find a way basketball. to choke this game. North Carolina would I, find I'm a way not to gonna, this game. I'm not going to handicap. I'm not going to talk basketball. I'm not going to anything. This just seems like the spot where everybody's on North Carolina. It seems that it should so easily be North Carolina. And I'm going to sneak in here and bet Marquette because I think Marquette is actually a really good team, and ba- really good basketball team. They have a, re- a great forward in Jordan Lewis. Uh, is it Jordan Lewis? I'm pretty sure it's Jordan Lewis. Yeah. Uh, who, can, who can score the hell out of basketball and play really well for Shock Smart. He's bought into that system. And also, we're not going to ignore the fact that Dawson, that Dawson Garcia left this team to go play with North Carolina. Now, Dawson Garcia is not playing in this game. He is injured, and he's out for the rest of the season. But this is going to be a time for those guys that was on that Marquette team to be like, the, this guy, this team, the team we just beat last year, this team is the team you're leaving us to go play for? I bet, watch this. Give me Marquette plus three and a half. I'm going to throw this out there, though, because I used to be a big shock, a smart guy come tournament time. Did you know that he has not won a tournament game since the 2012-2013 season? He is 0-5 straight up in his last five NCAA tournament games. Yeah. yeah. Just going to throw it no, out there. I was a big shock, a smart guy. It- but he is 0-5 in his last five. Just throwing it out there. No, no. I'm, I'm perfect, and I understand that. I get it. But the, the pressure that he was on at Texas, 
I yep. think was a little bit because that's that was three of those losses. So uh, I it was. Was, I, I still can't believe they lost to Abilene Christian last year, but that's a separate story. Yeah, and uh, I just hate people that blow the whistle in the games like that. It's fucking mm-hmm. annoying, but whatever. Mark, Mark, uh, Shaka Smart is. I was about to say Marcus Smart. <laughs> we're, we're still in NBA mode. Well, people hate uh, people hate him right now though because of the Curry. Yeah, they really do. But... Yeah, that shit was crazy. He he yeah. didn't have to do that. He really did. It was bad basketball play, but whatever. He's more of a kind of mid-major type of guy. Oh, no, he is. is. He is. Yeah, he's a mid-major type of guy. I think that when there's no pressure on him, he's going to shine. All right, let's move on. Next game that we have in the really real six-pack. New Mexico State playing Connecticut. UConn is laying six and a half, 132 on the total. So, look. I am so intrigued by this New Mexico State squad. I really, really am. And I really, really want them to beat, to beat UConn today. I think they have the ability. I, I truly think UConn folds when they get into these situations, to be honest. But, oh, my fuck, is New Mexico State such a public dog? It's li- I think it's like some 70% of money that's coming in on them. I need you to explain to me, though, how a team went 26-6 and six in the WAC. They won the conference tournament. How the hell do you lose to Chicago State? Yeah, how does that happen? That's, that's like the, the defining blemish on any – it's honestly anything, anything else that you show me. And hopefully, like, the whole team was out. And or something. Uh, I think they were out mentally, but I think they were there physically. That's fucking. It's fucking wild. That that's a that's a ridiculous loss. I mean, you're laying 17 and you lose to Chicago State. I mean, that's that's really it's, bad. It's really really bad. It is a really really bad loss. Like it's terrible. But they got a guy who can score the fuck out the basketball in Teddy Allen, man. Mm-hmm. Like like he is he is a really really tough big. And so, uh, sir. Sir Jabari Rice, I got to get used to that name. That's an all-time name right there. Uh, He's also averaging 12.2, so he's been pretty good. Efficiency-wise, not so much. I mean, he's shooting 39.8% from the floor. But I guess the one question I have for you is that since UConn has, of course, very good defense, they have Cole, they also have a big man who should dominate in this game, do you think New Mexico has enough offense since they only have two guys averaging double digits to get the job done in this game? Possibly. They're but... also shooting 32.6% from three as a team. They're not exactly the greatest offensive team. The question is, do I think that UConn has enough to, at least worst-case scenario, generate better shots per possession? I think they can. Now, New yeah. Mexico State's a team that I have always gravitated towards with upsets. I had them yeah. a couple of years ago against Clemson. Didn't work out, but I took a shot with it. I know they yeah. almost beat Auburn a couple of years ago. They didn't. They lost that game. Maybe it's the, just the Chicago State loss that just is automatically like no, but that's really big. My head. That's no, that's really that's really fucking big. Now Chicago State was actually slightly better than they normally are this season, but yeah. they were still really really fucking bad. I think that it, I think people are gravitating them just because they're at twelve. But the thing that's glaring to me. And that's really making me go towards UConn. I, ultimately, I'm going to go UConn in six and a half. I want to do uh, New Mexico State so bad. I've actually picked them in a bracket already. For I'm the just, one, not, I'm just was, not sure they're going to score. I mean, you got two guys averaging double digits in efficiency-wise. 
I mean, your team, as I said before, shooting below 33% from three. You're below 70 from the foul line. And you're averaging 14 turnovers per game. Like, this so is that, really but not that's, a good offense. But that's team. really where – so that's where I'm at with it, though. So that 69% from the foul line and UConn's hitting 75% of their, 75% of their free throws – and that differential right there is just telling me that when it maybe New Mexico State because they they are pretty solid defensively, maybe New Mexico State if they stay in this game if they're able to keep this one close, that foul shooting is gonna be the shit that fucks them over. And with that, I'm gonna take UConn on a spread here because it could be very well be a close game, and then they hit foul shots late and push this lead, and now they get a cover. So yeah, yeah give me UConn. For me, I'm looking at the under. In this game, I'm not sure if I like UConn or the under more, but with New Mexico State's, let's just say, inconsistent offense, especially against the competition in the WAC, you're assuming that they're going to struggle against better defenses in this tournament if they either beat UConn or lose. But you're looking at the off the pace of these teams, and they both go slow. UConn ranks 292. And New Mexico State ranks 225. I mentioned how bad the shooting numbers are for New Mexico uh, from New Mexico State from downtown and from the foul line, averaging 14 points per game as well. Offensively, with the slow pace, I'm really not sure if New Mexico State can really even get past like 62 in this game. Like I feel like that's a reasonable score for them, and even potentially generous. Like. They could end up with 56, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. So getting into the 130s, that sounds like a pretty high total here. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm with you as well. I'm with it. All right, let's move on. We have Indiana playing St. Mary's. St. Mary's laying two and a half. Indiana coming off a win in the first four to get in here. Total is at 125 and a half. What are you doing for this one? So, first of all, I'm going to throw out the, the scheduling spot. Indiana, of course, had the playing game against Wyoming, which they won, which is why they're obviously here. Now, this game is taking place in Portland, Oregon. The reason why I bring that up is because of the fact that Indiana played that playing game a far place away from Portland, Oregon. They played in Dayton, Ohio. So they're switching a couple of time zones and playing their second game in three nights. So it's not exactly a great scheduling spot. But St. Mary's beat Gonzaga. They've been a very good team this year. So props to them. Props to the West Coast Conference for getting three teams in. But I do like Indiana here. I think if you're looking for an underdog who's a double-digit seed that some people might be talking about but not really, I think it's Indiana. Because I really liked what I saw from them in the, in the conference tournament. It's not their fault Bohannon banked in a 35-footer like, to win the game with .5 left. They almost, beat, uh, they almost beat Iowa. On top of that, they beat Wyoming. I still think that it's not even close. Jackson Davis is clearly the best player on the court, and I don't think that St. Mary's can guard him. We know St. Mary's wants to slow it down. They're going to try to play in the half court. And I do think that with better athletes in the Big Ten – Indiana should be able to do enough to win a very ugly and low-scoring game. This game might end up like 58 to 56, like something really ugly, but I'm going to take Indiana. I think they're live to win this game. Yeah, no, I'm on St. Mary's here. 
St. Mary's is an extremely veteran group. They have four guys that are mm-hmm. all in double digits scoring wise. They like I said, like you said, they gave Gonzaga a hell of a game. I think that this, I think St. Mary's is a Sweet Sixteen team. To be honest, I really they're think good. They're a Sweet Sixteen I, team. Truth is, I think, think UCLA is beating either team. If I'm being honest, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, me too. But I they think that they have all to make. Yeah. yeah, I think they are. They have the team that looks like they they could make a run. They have all the makeup that you need. A very veteran group. They take very good care of the basketball. My issue with. Indiana is what it is with everybody in the Big Ten and that they fucking suck on the road. It oh, I was gonna matter. say I was gonna say Mike Woodson being the head coach, but that's a separate like personal group well, you might yeah, have. Yeah, that too. That's it's still early for him. But they're fuck they fucking suck on the road and now they're going to, to the West Coast to play this game for a West Coast team whose fans are definitely gonna travel to this game. And it's you know, not a great they schedule. Got Dayton, they got a Dayton they got a Dayton game that's three hours from the school. Yeah. Whereas now they're on the other fucking coast and their best player on the road hits, he, he's 61% at home and 55% on the road. And I think shit like that is going to matter. I'm going to ask you same thing for his free, same thing for his free throws. His free throws dropped from 71% to 61% for Jackson Davis. I really do like Jackson Davis. He's a really, really good player. But in this spot, I think that there is a chance that they falter. I like this St. Mary's team more. Give me St. Mary's minus two and a half. I think that the one point, of course, as I said before, it's not a good scheduling spot, especially facing a West Coast team in the West Coast. So I do acknowledge that. Yeah. I think I'm gravitating towards Indiana because anytime you can get points with the best player on the court, and I think we would agree that Jackson Davis is clearly the best player on the court. Yeah, he is. I he think is. that it might be worth a shot there. But yeah. I think the one point that I will make – with regard to St. Mary's, the fact that even though I do like this team and even though the the West Coast Conference did seem better than it was in years past, are you still sold on the West Coast Conference? Are you going to take a wait-and-see approach? I, th- I mean, I don't think that – because that's always Gonzaga's are, issue. They always look at Gonzaga yeah, and say, well, they played nobody yeah, for the entire year. So I'm asking. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I could sit here and say that Gonzaga played nobody for the entire year. But I do think that, for one, just on our side of the coast, a lot of people are not – like the general public is not watching those games. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at them, and I, I see a substantial jump from where they're at in normal years. Okay. So I think that they are better. They are better this year. Okay, like a lot it, out this year. There. it looks like a, a substantial jump. But I do want to ask you one question because I'm sure a lot of people filling out brackets or betting on games might not have factored this in. How much do you factor in a long layoff leading up to an NCAA tournament game? Because of course Indiana played a bunch so, of games in the conference tournament. They also yep. played on the 15th. Yep. St. Mary's has not played since the West Coast Conference title game, which was March 8th. So they have yeah, not no. played in a week plus. Is that a concern for you? It is. It really, really is. And I would bet Indiana first half. Like, I would bet Indiana for if, – if there was, like, a parlay, Indiana first half and St. Mary's to win the game, 100%. I think St. Mary's is absolutely going to start slow, but I do think that they're going to gas – they're going to gas of Indiana out. I think that they're going to get coached up at halftime and they're going to come back and – it's going to be one of those games where you're like, oh, wow, this was like a really good comeback. But I 100% yeah. do think that Indiana is going to win the first half. So I would put a bet on Indiana in the first half. Absolutely. That's kind of why I'm also leading to Indiana for either the full game or the spread. It's because I do think if you want to potentially go for a middle, 
I think St. Mary's at some point in this game will be plus money. Yes, absolutely. I'm with that. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have Vermont playing Arkansas. Arkansas is currently laying – what is this number at now? Five. Currently laying five, 139 on the total. So, my, I've watched Arkansas literally all year. They're paying the ass a, to try to get an opinion such on. Such a big fan. They're, they're so inconsistent at times, though, but the ceiling is so high. So, so much of a big fan of Arkansas. I picked them to win the SEC tournament at plus 700. The inconsistency of Arkansas, as you said, is so fucking annoying. Literally so annoying. Because their best player can go out there and he can be 10 for 13 and give you 25. Or he can be 2 for 13 Mm -hmm. and give you 8. And we're not even talking about likes. And likes can also give you a three for eighteen performance when you don't want it. So they, they got and likes comes off the bench. Yeah, and I likes know. comes off the bench. Like the fact that you have somebody like Chris Likes coming off the bench is absolutely insane. And so I struggled with this. Like I struggled with this game because ultimately I know Vermont, and Vermont has played. They actually played a really good non-conference schedule. They didn't win any of those like real games, but they at least they at least challenged. No, they did. They beat they beat Washington State. Washington State was really good. Washington I'm I'm, I'm saying tournament teams. They they didn't. Oh beat yeah, yeah, many no, no, no. This year, oh no, 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 no. They took L's. They absolutely took L's, and they couldn't score over like 50, 60 points. They couldn't score over sixty points. In the and we know games. Arkansas can put the clamps down when they want to. Yes, they are. They are one of the top team top teams defensively in terms of deficiency. Efficiency and to uh, Ken Palm's note. However, the inconsistency of Arkansas and how I know that Vermont can get rolling, like I know they can get rolling, and I just got to assume, just assume that they play better defense in the tournament because everybody plays better defense in the tournament except the really good defensive teams, apparently. And so the last thing that finally made me just go ahead and say I'm taking Vermont in the points here, which is what I'm doing, is – Listening to the guys talk to the senior trader from Winbet and hearing that everybody and their mother is on Arkansas. <laughs> everybody and their mother is on Arkansas. And it makes sense because why the fuck is Arkansas only getting five here? But then it's, if you look at it the other way, it's like, why the fuck is Arkansas only getting five here? It's like it's basically telling you Vermont is going to win this game. Give me Vermont in the five. So I agree. Now, as for the actual bracket – I think Arkansas wins the game. The issue that you also run into, especially nowadays with legalized gambling and with just so many televised games, is that nobody's the shocking upset anymore. You might pick one of them, like a Yale over a Purdue, for example, but like most double-digit underdogs that are the most appealing aren't just for you. Everybody mm-hmm. else, I'm sure, loves Vermont, too, in their brackets because they need some double-digit seed to make a run. So Vermont's yeah. going to be on the short list there. I'm a fan of the SEC in basketball this season because I really like Tennessee. I really like Kentucky. Arkansas, of course, ended up being such a great home team and such an awful road team, kind of like the entire SEC that I'm kind of torn on what to expect from them in this game. But they are definitely more challenged based on schedule than Vermont. How Vermont won every game in its conference tournament by about 30-plus points, but every game was also at home. They didn't have a neutral site for the tournament. I think Arkansas is a little bit too much just athletically, so I think they'll win the game. 
but mm-hmm. I expect to see a bunch of streaky shooting from Arkansas in what could turn into a rock fight. But I do think that Note is basically unguardable for Vermont's uh, backcourt, and I think he should have a decent game. Plus, Arkansas in the interior should be able to do pretty well in the glass. I'm going to go with Arkansas. I really am tempted to pick Vermont money line, but I just don't think they have the athletes. I'm going to go with Vermont plus the points, but I do think it'll be a very, very close upset alert special where Arkansas finds a way to win by three. I agree. So, which I like I'm assuming it. Yeah, you see, because like it. it seems like you have Arkansas yeah. on your Sweet 16. Uh, did I have them in the Sweet 16? It depends if you have them beating UConn or not. I and mean, that's basically the question I'm asking you. Yeah, I did have them in a the Swiss team, but I also put New Mexico State in that bracket. Okay. What's funny is while we're doing this, I'm actually realized that I forgot to submit a bracket for a league, so I'm literally making one up on the fly <laughs> while we're nice. doing this. All right, next game on the slate. Dang, what was the next game that I said we were breaking down? Here we go. We, we've been going out this. of order the entire time, so it's fine. No, we have, have we really? Yeah. No, we have it. Yeah, we, yeah, we have it. No. Yeah, we have you sent me six games. Uh, Vermont, Arkansas was last. New Mexico State, Utah oh, no, I, was no, second I sent to them, last. No, then... I sent them to you out of order. I okay, went cool. back and looked, right, at cool. the, I looked at the times and started putting them in order. But, okay. no, I absolutely sent them to you out of order. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, next game of the state. We have San Francisco playing Murray State. Murray State is lane two here. What's this total at? I'm missing it. Oh, 137 and a half. Well, no, that's, Murray State's up to two and a half in some books now. And, I, see one, I see 137 for a total in most. Yeah, I just see it just moved to 137 for me as to as soon as it refreshed. So, big news for San Francisco is that they're going to be without one of their leading scorers. I'm pretty sure. In this uh, game, yes. Let me just confirm that. Hang on a second. Yeah, I'm uh, almost positive that's what it is. But it's uh, what's my guy's name? I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Oh, I hate when I do this because I, I hate mispronouncing. For the record, name. it's it's San Francisco's big man. So yeah, it is. It is. So Yahin Masalki 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 Ski Masalski Masalski. That's it. That sounds like it. it's Masalski. All right, he's out. He's a thirteen a thirteen point five point per game score and nine point four rebounds. That's a pretty big presence on the inside. I know we talk about this being a guard dominated tournament but you still need a big man down low and he's been a key piece for them so it's going to be very interesting however this line didn't move at all i would think that i'd get some some line movement with this this line's been at basically two for the whole week for the most part it depends on where you look because initially I believe San Francisco on the immediate opening lines from Sunday night, like right after Selection Sunday, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure San Francisco was favored mm-hmm. by like a point. And then Murray State's now favored by about two. But Masalski's averaging 9.4 rebounds per game. Like he's a big deal for that team. Yeah. 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 It's huge. And I'm, um, I'm on they were favored. You're right. They were favored by. I'm looking at. I just went down to look at. Now the, no, the no, line no. they were favored. Well, it, yeah. it was about. It was about. It was. It was one. It was about it was one, one. But I'm saying the Murray State was, I believe, favored before he was officially ruled out. So there has yeah. been some 
a lot of Murray so money in the entire week. It's about a week. point and a half. But, so you're getting about yeah. a point and a half of value. Okay. All right. I guess I get that a little bit more. I think he's worth I'm, a lot more than a point and a half. I do. I do too. And that's why I'm just so because yep. I picked San Francisco and I was gonna pick San Francisco and I'm still kind of it's it just feels kind of trappy because it feels like this should be more. And I should be—I should really still be on San Francisco because they're be- basically baiting me to take Murray State in the slot. But I don't know. I don't know. What are you doing? I'm taking Murray State. In a general rule of thumb for me, I typically fade teams with last-minute injuries to key pieces because now you're in a neutral. You've been running the same system the entire year with the same players. Suddenly, you're missing one of your best guys. It has a trickle-down effect because you need other guys to step up. You need other guys to step into roles they're not comfortable in, especially with San Francisco's forward depth. Masalski was playing 27.2 minutes per game, and he was averaging 9.4 rebounds per game and 13.5 mm-hmm. points and 2.2 2 mm-hmm. blocks. So even with rebounding and scoring and rim protection, he was huge for that team. And Murray State, fun fact, ranks 13th in the country in rebounding rate. I think San Francisco gets buried on the glass. I'm taking Murray State. And Murray State also beat Memphis on the road. So I know this team can actually play in tough environments. So I really like the Racers. Yeah. I... And they have some some guys that really have some experience here because a couple of these guys played with that John Morant team mm-hmm. and they're still on the team here. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna take Murray State as well. I uh, this just feels it just feels nasty. It just feels nasty. I'm not betting this game. Pre injury, I was actually leaning to San Francisco. Pre injury, I was all over San Francisco. Yeah, but pre in- I have San Francisco still in my bracket because I had I filled it out before I knew about the injury. Yeah, you can make a serious argument that even though Shabazz and Boye are better offensive players, based on the defensive impact and the rebounding, you can argue that Masalski might be the most important player on this team. You can make that argument. Yeah. And if you're yeah, missing absolutely. him, I can't back you. I can't do it. I'm going to go with Murray State, who hasn't lost in, what, three months? Yeah, Murray State. They have. They really have. Um, I'm gonna pick Murray State in this bracket, by the way. And then I'm still constantly figuring, playing, like filling out as we're trying to talk because I'm because we're running short on time before the first game starts. Well, all right. Next game on the slates. My fact. What you have to say? I was gonna say we're also not covering the Michigan Colorado State game, so it's not like. You have to worry about that. Like, we'll, we'll get it out before the other games. But, Mike, I guess I had one question, though, about that game, which yeah. I kind of was asking, wondering your opinion about. So, I just mentioned how I typically fade teams that are missing one of their best players, which is mm-hmm. sounds like common sense, but especially when you're used to doing the same thing over and over again. Michigan-Colorado State, of course, by the time this airs, it's going to already be taking place. But I kind of just want your actual – opinion about something because I'm in a bit of a pickle. I have Michigan on the money line as my final pick of a mm-hmm. two-pick parlay. Now they're without their starting mm-hmm. point guard. Do I hit the eject button or do I try to let it ride? Because I'm really torn. The guard play is that I so knowing that I have them with a couple parlays and I'm very tempted to come back and hedge yeah. with 
Colorado State because I at first I was just fading everybody being on Colorado State because they fucking hated Michigan, didn't think Michigan deserved to be there. But that is a big piece. Your starting point guard is a big piece to be missing in a tournament, mm-hmm. even for one game, and that could be enough to get you sent home. Yeah, it's very I, tough. Man. It's very tough. Yeah, it, it, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's so, that's such a that's such a terrible predicament. If, I might, if, I might if depending it, yeah. depending on what the cash out is, because mm-hmm. this is the last leg. Yeah, it's the last leg. Yeah, so depending on what the cash out is and what I am willing to lose hedging on Colorado State, I would probably just take the cash out and just be happy yeah. with the win that I have thus far. I might potentially look – It's of course, it's a gamble because Colorado State could just blitz them. If Michigan goes up, I'd say six-plus at any point in the game, I'll take Colorado State and try to go for a middle because I think this game yeah. would be very close. Yeah, I like but, it. Okay, that's kind of uh, we're on the same page. It's just a matter of it's very frustrating when you find a game you really like, you get a good number and everything, and then there's a random injury the day before the tournament starts, and you have to reevaluate. And just fucks everything, everything up. It's just, it's Absolutely such a pain fucks ass, everything man. up. All right, last game on the slate is actually tomorrow. We have I had to throw my guys Loyola Chicago in here playing. Ohio State. Ohio State is now laying half a point. That I'm, I'm sorry. It's this, uh, is, the, this is really a. F- it's the Ohio State University. Whatever they're playing, Ohio State, and some just shopping around. It's basically a pick'em. One thirty-three on the total. What are you doing here with Loyola Chicago and Ohio State? I'm taking Loyola. I mean, I don't know how many times you need to see this team give you nightmares for your bracket before you start picking them to win a couple of rounds. I mean, Ohio State is a team that it's kind of the same story as last year where even though they had a pretty good regular season last year, they were a two-seed. They lost to Oral Roberts. Like, they completely – that was the shocker from last year for upsets. But they were 12-8 and eight mm-hmm. in conference play, 19-11 overall. But everybody would agree they peaked months ago because they've lost four of their last five. They lost to Maryland, Nebraska, Michigan, and Penn State. So not even the elite teams in the conference. They've been losing to, for the most part, garbage in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. Now you face off against a Loyola team that's a serious pain in the ass. They will grind the game. They will, of course, force turnovers. They will really make you play one of your best games. And Ohio State hasn't played their best game in at least a month. I'm not going to overthink this. I'm going to take Loyola. Plus, if you are a Ken Palm efficiency nerd guy, I will throw it out there that Loyola Chicago – ranks 24th in Ken Palm rankings, and Ohio Mm -hmm. State ranks 31st. So the double-digit seed has a better Ken Palm ranking than the lower lower seed. That's good enough for me. I'm taking Loyola. Yeah, I mean, I I can't even follow – you killed that one. Yeah, I can't even follow it up. You you know I'm on Loyola here. These are my guys. I think that – they still have a strong core from, you know, teams in the past. I'm a and big Williamson guy, by the way. Williamson's yeah, great. huge Williamson guy. Love him. And But the their issue here is going to be EJ Liddell. But mm-hmm. nobody can stop EJ Liddell. Nobody. He's, he's that good. And so you just got to realize that he's going to do his thing and you're going to have to supplement and be able to, to stop everything around them. And I've also seen this Loyola team lock in defensively and slow people down that were absolute mismatches for them anyway. So that doesn't – if you just look at uh, what they did against Illinois last year. Mm-hmm. And so 
I'm, I mean, I'm not really concerned too much. I think that this Loyola team is going to give us a game. This line is pro- I'm glad that this line is set where it's at and they didn't make it uh, everybody, you know, what everybody did. Look, like what everybody normally does and just make Ohio State like a four-point favor or something. Well, I'm not glad because I would love to take four points with Loyola Chicago, but it just shows Loyola Chicago is getting that respect. I think they weren't in this game. If you're looking at a rock fight, which is what this game should turn into, I like the under. No no shocker there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ohio State plays slow too. But Loyola is really, really good in neutral site games. And, of course, some of that has to do with the tournament that they play in for the conference. But they're 5-0 and in their last five neutral site games, ATS, 6-2 and ATS in their last eight NCAA tournament games. Ohio State, by the way, 1-10 in, in its last 11 NCAA tournament games. But I, once again, mm-hmm. I like to fade teams that are struggling down the stretch. You can't come out here losing to Maryland and Nebraska and Penn State and expect me to have yeah. faith in you in the tournament. Like, I, I, you can't. I'm picking oil. I agree. I like it. All right, so let's talk about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and horse racing is 365. So you can now play them in a daily fantasy-style app where free and paid games win cash prizes like $25,000 with one entry. You can pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others. You can even play against us. I don't know much about horses, but the app gives me clear data on which to build my best strategy. It's free to download at StableDuel.com. They have multiple games offered each day with free weekly games all over the United States. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick, play, race, and win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is here, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself, like Zach from California, who purchased a Tennessee championship ticket on PropSwap from 40 to 1 odds, while the sportsbook only offering 25 to 1. That's great. Now's the time to find those Cinderella's. And while the hot odds are high and cash out, Cinderella stories happen every year, so don't miss your shot. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering list of tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Scott, let's try to do this lock and dog for the NBA and college basketball slate we have. What are you doing? Yeah, for the NBA. Okay, yeah. Let's let's just not talk about that game. Uh, Looking at college for the, uh, well, lock and dog here. What do I want to do with this? Because I'm really tempted to take just Loyola blindly, or I'm tempted to go with Murray State. I really cannot understate or overstate in this case, how important Veselsky is for that team. And when you are going into a game that's basically a coin flip and you are missing the only player who can really rebound on your team and the only one who can stop Murray State from getting a bunch of uncontested layups, I mean, we saw that in the Notre Dame-Rutgers game yesterday. If if your interior defense is not set in stone, you might get torched. 
And Murray State's mm-hmm. definitely very good at getting downhill and getting into the paint. For me, I'm going to go with my gut here, though. So I do like Murray State, but I'm taking a Loyola. I'm just going to do it. The fact that the double-digit seed has, a, has better Ken Palm numbers than the lower-rated seed is good enough for me. Not to mention the fact that Ohio State completely imploded in the final month in conference play. I'm going to go yeah. with Loyola. They find a way. I think that you can argue that even though Liddell's the best player on the court, Williamson's not far behind. I'm taking Loyola. That's my lock. You? All right. What's your dog? So for my dog, um, I'm not taking Vermont because if I'm picking a dog, I actually want the money line. I'm going to go Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Indiana because at the end of the day, even though I do agree with you that it is a bad scheduling spot playing a West Coast team in the West Coast, when push comes to shove, I'll take the team with the best player on the court getting points in March Madness. And Jackson Davis is clearly the best player in this matchup. I'll take Indiana. Okay. All right. No, I'm not mad at you for it. For my lock. Let's see here. Let's see here. I might double dog this, actually. I really do like Loyola. I think I'm a double dog. I don't know if Loyola counts. Yeah, as a all right, dog. let's do it. Does Loyola count as a dog because it's kind of picky. no, no, no. I'm not. No, no. I'm not doing. Okay. I'm not doing Loyola. No. Okay. I'm just. I say. I. I was curious. I was gonna make them my lot, but I'm not doing them. So, I'm a double dog. It. I'm gonna go Vermont in the five as my lot. I think that this just they're they're so good offensively that if this Arkansas defense folders a little bit and Vermont can step up defensively, they can keep this a close game all the way through. And this be like one of those March Madness buzzer beater shot type of games. I really like this, and they're also playing in Buffalo. I don't. I, I saw a beat writer for Arkansas. She was literally. She was like asking for recommendations because she knows all of maybe two people that have ever been to both Buffalo. And that's a little bit of a tri- that's a little bit of a trip. I gotta think that every all of Vermont people are gonna come watch that game. Give me Vermont plus the five. Okay. For my dog. Take a Marquette. Uh, yeah, I, I have to. <laughs> I have to. Give me Marquette on the money line. Shaka Smart. A 3-0 run right now against UNC. I will I will take it. I'll take it. I think that he can. When the pressure is off of him is when they show up, and when the pressure is on UNC, they tend to implode. I don't think UNC is as good as, as everybody portrays them to be this season. I really don't. And I think that their highlight and everything they cared about was beating Duke, and now they're just going to go free fall. Yeah. And Marquette probably thinks that they should have had a longer stay in that Big East tournament rather than getting knocked out in their first game. So, yeah, give me Marquette here on the money line. I will say if you are trying to do some college basketball DFS and you have to make a lineup for today's games, even if you like Marquette, I think you have to put Baycott in your lineup. Because there's really a chance that Baycott goes for like 18 and 20. Like, it really would not surprise me. Absolutely. All right. Scott, I mean, we're we're about done here. And Tournament officially starts in seven minutes. Get excited. It does. And that's hilarious. So that's why we didn't break down the early games because there was no way we were getting this out to you guys. But hopefully you were able to get some bets in on these games. 
NBA slate, I'm on Orlando. I'm not going to lock it. Not, I'm definitely not going to lock it. I will just, you know, take the pick there. I'm on the under. And, I'm, I'm not locking it either, but I, I definitely like the under more than anything yeah. else in that game. So, this is the NBA Gambling Podcast. <laughs> College basketball experience, style. Scott, you got anything else before we go? Not really. I'm hoping that the next time that I'm on air, my bracket is still in one piece. And good luck to all of you in your bracket pools. Oh, man. It's going to be so – oh, we got to – I can't wait till we go. We're going to talk about brackets on Monday. Absolutely. We're oh, by the way, other, other news, since you always ask what I'm up to, I will be on Sean and Kramer's show later. So I believe that's airing around 10 Eastern, or that's when I'll be coming on. So I should be on that show too. All right, there y'all go. Make sure y'all go over there and check that out as well, for sure. All right, this is the NBA Gambling Podcast, college basketball experience style. I'm your host, Terrell from Jr. You should be thinking about yours. Oh, wait, no, that's not what he says. I don't know. I don't know. See, look, every time I, I try to do something new. Tried to you do just something said, new, I'm your host, Terrell Furman Jr., and we're out. That's it. Nope. You had it. It was a layup. No. What are you no, missing? No, it wasn't. That wasn't. That's so because it's not enough. All right, nope. Even when I'm trying to copy somebody else's podcast, I can't even do it right. All right, no idea how I'm ending this, so we're just going to end it like this. We're out of here.